The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, foreign governments and other malign agents could pose a potential threat of electoral interference in 2024. A recent survey from the Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance showed that 93% of elections in 52 different countries over three years recorded some form of interference. What does that mean for the forthcoming elections and referendums in Ireland? Well, I'm joined now by the Chief Executive of the Electoral Commission, Art O'Leary. Art, good morning and welcome. Morning, Pat. Great pleasure to be here. Now, we can reassure ourselves of one thing. We won't have a a Trump challenging voting machines. No, that's correct. I mean, that is a single part of the process that appears to be quite safe. Because we we tried uh, um, machines and then we rejected them. Correct. And the Irish people do like the Pion Louis, as it has been called, and the transparency of voting on physical paper and then the transparency of the count as well. So I remember famously when we did use them, uh, Nora Owen uh, got the result of her uh, uh, defeat in jig time. And it was quite kind of a cruel process because normally they can see the first count, the second count, things are not looking well, things are looking a bit better and so on as the transfers are made. And also at the time, I remember we discussed this and the nature of uh, the transfers being done digitally compared to, you know, if you get a recount, in theory, the ball could bounce a different way. Yeah, indeed. Because you shuffle up the votes and you recount and uh, second preferences and third preferences just might bounce a different way. Certainly, it's all, always the way. And um, I, I remember that, that that night vividly well um, when Nora Owen got the, the result in a shock. It was my own constituency of Dublin, of North. Dublin North. So, um, uh, but it has uh, the benefits of having a paper-based um, voting system are, uh, as you said, uh, transparency and uh, they are unhackable. Mm. But they're also a glorious opportunity for education for us, you know, yeah. so to explain how the Irish to the Irish people how the electoral system works and the single uh, transferable vote yeah, which it, is it, it, indeed and the Irish people who have an interest in politics traditionally um, they like the blood sport of a long count a long drawn out <laughs> count and it's uh, it's miserable for the candidates but not so much so for the Irish people Yeah but it's kinder in its way because your fate is unfolding slowly so you have time to to grieve, I suppose, well, if you're going to lose yourself. that seat. Yeah, okay, so that's not what we're worried about. What are we worried about for our forthcoming elections in 2024 and 2025? Uh, well, we're not necessarily worried about anything, Pat, um, but we are preparing ourselves yes. for um, all, all kinds of interference or influence, perhaps, on the electoral process. I mean, so there's everything from the registration of voters um, going on, the electoral register, um to the preparations for um, the, the count itself and the holding of the, the count in, in polling stations and then the count afterwards. So um, there are many, many forms uh, here and we're, exa- we're examining and consulting on every part of this process to ensure that we are as resilient and robust as we can. Okay, now let's talk about personation. Uh, and this is where as someone comes along, they... Um, may say visit a nursing home, pick up loads of voting cards because the residents have been there for several years and have transferred uh, their address to the nursing home. So someone, some canny political activist picks up a loads of voting cards and goes in uh, changing the coat and hat every time to vote multiple times for a candidate. Can that happen? Does it happen? 
we, we've no evidence that it happens, but of course, in theory, um, it could happen, which is why... Or, you know, the bed sits where loads of voting cards I, pop in the, yeah, the, the door. It, indeed, we, we've all seen those, and um, which is why um, polling um, station staff have the, the right and are entitled to ask for ID in certain circumstances as well. So, um, and it, the thing about it, Ireland, particularly in rural areas, um, is a small place. The same polling workers tend to work in yeah. the same elections. They tend to recognise individuals and they know who they are. If personation is a problem, and again, there's no evidence that, that it is, but if it is, it's a very small one, I, I it's suggest. A, it, it's a small one. Um, how do we make sure that it is one person, one vote? I mean, if you've got several addresses, for example, um, you know, you've got your college address, maybe, then you've got your home address, and maybe your family has a holiday home, and you decide, I'll get myself three votes. How do we make sure that doesn't happen? Does the PPS number come in at all? Yeah, there's a brilliant project going on um, in uh, the Department of Housing and with the local authorities at the moment because um, people speak about the electoral register as if it is one register. There are actually 28 separate registers. Um, each local authority is mandated to look after its own area and um, uh, what the uh, Department of Housing are doing now with the local authorities is creating a single database okay. by using unique identifiers, not just a PPS number, uh, but also dates of birth and air codes. So slowly but surely in the next couple of years, we will start to eliminate all of the duplicates, yeah. contact people and say, you appear to have uh, three addresses. Where is there a problem resident. using the PPS number? You know the way you'll get uh, people from the civil liberties saying, hang on, my PPS number, it's only supposed to be used for X, Y and Z. It can't be used for this, that and the other. We would prefer if people gave us their PPS numbers, but we understand there is a reluctance in um, in some parts of the country. You understand it, I don't, I must say. Yeah. I don't understand the reluctance. But, you know, you're enjoying the services of the state, you're voting in the state. You have a unique identifier given to you at birth nowadays. Why not use it? Yeah, well, we would prefer if people used it. But um, as a matter of fact, they, they some people don't like to do it and we have to manage that particular um, problem. Are these are the and, same people who don't like to be vaccinated. And, and well, we, we identify, we use different ways of identifying them. Um, mm. I mean, there are field agents in local authorities as well mm. who call to house to verify the people okay. living so there, etc. That's a so, project that's underway to make yeah. sure it's one person, uh, one vote and hopefully a, a unique identifier. If you want to participate in the democratic system, if you don't, Fair enough. <laughs> don't vote. But, uh, don't register to vote. Uh, we, we encourage everybody. There, mm. there are many, many people who are unengaged and, and disengaged with the electoral process, but it, it is one of our objectives to reach out to these communities mm. and to explain that their vote is their voice. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the area where you are concerned, if it is no more than that, is that there could be interference in terms of what happens online, what happens in social media. Um, I don't know whether even, you know, postering would be part of your remit, but it's disinformation and deliberate, uh, you know, misleading of people. Yeah, I mean, it's the online um, misinformation, disinformation that we are certainly having a look at now, you know, and um, the experts say there are um, four ways to counter um, the disinformation threat. One first is to identify the threat and document it. Secondly, is to raise awareness, because ultimately this is all about communication and education. Tell people that they may hear um, the following um, piece of information and it is not true. And this is very worrying about, um, I mean, there have been a number of recent elections across Europe where people were uh, told that um, your vote won't count unless you write your name on the ballot paper. Or if that spoils the vote. Correct. And, or if you write your name on the ballot paper, you'll be um, entered into a raffle. 
So people are saying, oh, this is great. I can win an iPad or whatever. So these are very black and white issues for us and it's around electoral process so we can come out. Other people say, well, if the vote has been postponed, it's, uh, our referendum will now be on March the 10th. That's absolutely not true. It's on March the 8th and we expect people to turn up. So when we identify information like that, um, it is very easy for us to come out and say this is not true. Yeah. And the Australian Electoral Commission, um, for example, um, are uh, they have something now called a disinformation register on their website. And it's something that we're looking at. Here's a list of things that you might hear about the yeah. election which are not true. And here's the factual case. So, I mean, the, the solution to this, what is a global problem, won't be found just in this country. And we're collaborating with many, many um, people in similar situations uh, beyond our shores. What powers do you have to go to the platforms, the, the TikToks and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the WhatsApps and say, listen, there's stuff going around which is simply not true? Yeah, we, we have no regulatory powers in this area at the moment, but the intentions of the Oireachtas are clear. Um, that, that they do envisage a, a quite a, a serious role for Uncommission Tauchon in, in this area. I have met all of the platforms and um, have spoken to them about the dangers here. I found them to be very cooperative, all of them. You but know. you don't have the powers, you don't have regulatory powers, but you do, like any other citizen, I suppose, you can go to them and you've got a lot of clout given uh, your institution Correct. Uh, on uh, Commission Tauchon, the Electoral Commission. You can say to them, listen... They, they have given, they do. yeah, they have given us priority access. You know, if we uh, come across any egregious sorts of um, uh, of disinformation, that they will give it special consideration, mm. and we're happy. You know, I have always said, Pat, that um, if we end up in the high court trying to instruct a social media company to take down a particular post um, or to deal with a, a particular piece of disinformation, then we're doomed. You know, the we, we will beat this threat by collaboration and, and working well. And the social media companies have shown themselves mm. to be very, very responsible so far in how they deal with this. Now, do, do you have a role in policing what is said by one candidate, for example, about another or by the candidate's supporters no. about their opponent? No, th- those parts of the legislation have not yet been commenced. There are, there are, um, so if, for example, a candidate says, by the way, Joe Bloggs in X constituency is a paedophile. Mm-hmm. We have to be very careful um, here as well. I mean, the, we have to balance the rights of freedom of expression versus um, all of the other rights that individuals have. That sounds to me, if, if it's not true, it sounds to me to be a, a matter for, for the Gordi as opposed to the Electoral Commission because there are many, many arms as a state who have the powers to be able to deal with. Um, yeah, and, and in uh, fact, it, by countering it, you kind of repeat it. Well, so uh, there's a the, danger there. The, the Streisand effect is something that has been mentioned to us. You know, if we go all the way to highlighting a post, this post should be removed, then it attracts much more attention than it may have been with somebody with two or three followers and was almost unnoticed until um, Lord Sauron's gaze landed on it then. Um, what about the, the political parties who will be using uh, digital means, mostly social media, uh, to get contact with the electorate? Will you be monitoring that or do you have to wait for complaints? No, we we, we have many um, uh, many ways of doing this. We'll obviously here take complaints from members of the public. The social media companies um, will notify us of any bot activity as well. But we also have um, our own impetus to be able to deal with these matters too. So yeah. um, there's no wrong door into Uncommission Telcon. We're happy to hear from anybody. Yeah. Now, you mentioned something interesting there about bot uh, coverage. Is that, I mean... They advertise in newspapers. Presumably there's no inhibition about uh, paying 
uh, the platforms to be digitally advertising the, yeah. the party's p- no, policies. It, it, so some platforms don't um, accept any form of political advertising because they, it, it is fraught with them um, with, with danger, and um, like TikTok, they they, they don't. And um, but the uh, in part four of the legislation, um, it envisages much greater transparency in relation to online advertising. So it, you must identify who's paying for the ad, how much it costs who benefits from the ad as well. And interestingly, in, in because it's easy to do now, micro-targeting, what audience are you targeting with this particular ad? So is this a 20 to 30-year-old living in Leinster or Dublin or okay. whatever? You That must be but transferred in late. not only demographically, I presume thematically as well, oh, uh, that yeah. parties will target people that they suspect would be of like mind with a particular policy of theirs. Correct. And the sophistication of the uh, information that's at the disposal of social media companies makes that very simple. So what we're all about here in part four, the legislation which is to be commenced, uh, is all around transparency. You know, so as long as people... But you're waiting for that to be commenced. Correct, yeah. So it won't be there for the referendum. It won't be there for the referendum or it it may not be there for the local and European elections uh, uh, either. But I, I understand it is the government's clear intention to commence it in advance of the general election whenever that happens. Well, uh, Arthur Leary, CEO of the Electoral Commission of Ireland, thank you very much for coming in. And uh, I hope we'll have more conversations as this uh, strategy uh, to protect the integrity of our system uh, unfolds. I look forward to it, Pat. I'm always available. Thank you very much indeed. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.